Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello, this is Sierra, and today's podcast is on Galatians 5, 13-26, which reads as follows. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us become, let us, sorry, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I think that when we read this passage, it can be easy to be bogged down in the big list of things, the works of the flesh, that make up at least part of three verses. There are so many of them. And while I can't speak for all people, at least most of these things are things that I have done, and more recently, and in at least some cases, more often than I would like to admit. And that makes the ominous warning that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God even more scary. I would, it would be easy to think, well, maybe I'm not saved after all, or wow, I must not be on a good trajectory or doing good. But Peter did say in his sermon the other day that it is um, that people who are saved still sin. Uh, we are never going to be perfect on this side of heaven, um, was what he um, was saying on Sunday. You could argue that maybe these sins are a special list, but they seem to cover multiple areas, so I do not know that that is the case. That would seem sort of weird and arbitrary from my perspective. The fact that Paul is counseling the people not to use the freedom that they have, I assume from being in Christ, as an opportunity for the flesh, it seems... Or... The fact that Paul is counseling the people not to use the freedom they have, I assume from being in Christ, as an opportunity for the flesh, seems to imply that the people who he is talking to, at least some of them, are saved. Um, That the passage talks about the Spirit preventing people from doing what they want to do, which from context seems like gratifying the desires of the flesh, implies that people who are saved are tempted to sin. Also, the Enduring Word Bible Commentary says that Paul is writing to brethren, pointing out parts of Galatians 3, 26-27, a passage which reads, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Even decoupled from the question of are we really followers of Christ or not, I think that if we take that list and just focus really hard on uh, not trying to do the things that are on it, 
that would be really exhausting, at least in part because those uh, works of the flesh are so varied. I think that it would be really difficult for any one person, or at least for me, to focus on all of them at once. I think that while preoccupied with one, a person might slip into another when he or she least expects it. Rather than this, I think it would be better to focus on Paul's encouragement to keep in step with the Spirit. But what does that actually mean? In the beginning of the passage, right after saying not to use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, it says that instead we should serve one another through love. I think that instead of looking at the list of fruits of the Spirit and trying to emulate each one individually or focusing on avoiding all of the individual works of the flesh, focusing on the service through love might help us more. I think that he quotes or paraphrases Jesus when he, when he writes, um, The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Either that or he's just summarizing it but it kind of it kind of seems in this in somewhat the same vein as things that jesus says has said but maybe he's just summarizing himself i'm not sure instead of trying to consider all of those factors we can just ask ourselves how we can bring love into our day or into our situation Uh, this may be complex and lead us to question some of those other factors those other fruits of the spirit um or maybe even um, how to avoid some of those works of the flesh but at least it's a starting point or whether we are avoiding those works of the flesh or something about them, something related to that. Um, but at least it's a starting point. The other fruits of the spirit, we can let just be fruits. Um, I think that being fruits means that they are results or products of the spirit. Of course, or I think that the other fruits of the spirit, we can let just be fruits. I think that um, being fruits means that they are kind of results or, or products of the Spirit. Of course, love is, is one of the fruits of the Spirit as well. But if we're going to try to do things in life, I believe that loving God and loving other people are not bad choices. We do not want to fall into thinking that we are earning our salvation with works. But if we are presented with choices every day, and if we are going to make those choices, let's try to make good ones rather than bad ones, even if sometimes we sin and fail. Why is love so important? Well, First John 4, 8 says that God is love, which means that Jesus is love, which by the transitive property means that love is the way, the truth, and the light. It makes sense that when Jesus was asked uh, what the greatest commandment is, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That is from Matthew twenty two thirty seven through forty, and Christianity is the re- is the religion all about Jesus. Um, a title he holds is literally in the name of the religion, but you could also say that Christianity is a religion all about love. If love is who he is and what he is about, but it's not just Jesus who is love; it is the Holy Spirit too. So if we are walking by the Spirit, then we are walking by love. Well, if love, um, or well. Love is a nice sentiment, but what does it mean to really love each other? Um, what love really is is something that I do not know, and maybe this is not as biblical or correct of an answer as other people have, but I think that the Bible does say that all people are made in the image of God, and if, or that people are made in the image of God, mankind is made in the, man is made in the image of God, or we're taught that all people are made in the image of God. And if what Jesus is saying is that the number one commandment is to love God, and the second commandment is like that, which is to love other people, maybe the reason, or at least part of the reason, that we need to love other people is that God is reflected in the amazing person that God made each individual human to be. 
It might be easy to think of people as family members you have obligations to or bosses with deadlines you have to meet. It is easy to avoid focusing on the person and have your main and instead have your main goal be to solve the problem or problems that they present. Maybe one step that we can take towards feeling more love towards people is to take the time to think about what aspects of God's character that person reveals rather than the problems they pose to us or even a narrow view of how they positively affect our lives. Maybe this will allow us to feel that we love each other more and even help us to serve others with love. Let's pray. Dear God, um, thank you for this time that we have. Thank you for the freedom and the ability to study your word and access to so many resources to do so. And thank you for just um, for just being there and um, being there to pray to and to listen to us. And I pray that um, as we go on this week, um, or really into next week as well, that you would just help us to um, see people the way you made them to be, see them as aspects of yourself, um, and just to see how wonderful each other are as creations that you've made, and that that would just help us to genuinely feel more love for the people around us, and that we would be able to serve one another through love. I pray that um, you would just um, uh, bless all of our lives and help us to glorify you and do your will throughout the week. Amen.